Recorded on May 24th, 2022. Sending thoughts, prayers, and children to heaven. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we also have Ellie. Hello. And we are here to talk about the Texas elementary school shooting, the latest round of primaries, and a local event that happened here called the Big Blue Bash. (laughs) But first, uh, we need to clear a couple of elephants out of the room. And you know, our main topic is so heavy. I don't know that we'll be as gleeful and clearing elephants out of the room as usual. So bear with us, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. The the one big one I, I liked was George Bush admitting that the Iraq war was unjust. Right. It might have just yeah. been a gaffe, but I've been waiting to hear that since 2003. I think it's important, like I keep saying with our voters, it's important that we allow people the grace to evolve and to change. And I'm not gleeful, like celebrating the fact that, woo, even George Bush, I'm just saying, thank God that he came around. It, just, it was a very expensive price to pay. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, but speaking of getting elephants out of the room, at least temporarily, uh, Madison Cawthorn, who lost his primary, is now being investigated by the Ethics Committee. For an improper relationship and insider trading. So are they referring to his cousin slash assistant or whatever? Yes. That's awesome. Yep. So the Ethics Committee. How are they actually wording that? You know, you can have sex with anybody you want. How are they wording that complaint? Inappropriate contact with a staffer. Ah, That's definitely inappropriate. It's because, you know, Republicans have been super quiet about that because they keep celebrating another young Republican, youngest member of Congress. Well, this is what happens when you elect young, inexperienced people who believe their press releases. Well, yeah. All the Republicans have skeletons in their closet. It's just that 26-year-olds don't have as much time to get them under control. Yeah, exactly. And what was the other thing that you think about to get it for? Insider trading. Yep. How did that happen? How does a member of Congress get investigated for insider trading when they do it openly and blatantly and according to the laws that they say are okay? Because the Republican leadership has an axe to grind with them, so they okayed it. Or you're really, really, really stupid and you, you're given the keys to the kingdom and you still screw it up. That's pretty bad. My thought here is that this isn't a message from the people on the side of right to evildoers saying don't do evil. This is messages from conservative evil saying don't say the evil parts out loud. This is what you get for betraying the silence. And yeah, right. so it's not like that we're going to see justice for McConnell's brand of evil, people who right. silently work within the rules and further the party aims. This is just punishment for defying the party. Yep. There's still more about Jenny Thomas coming out, how she personally called Arizona election official to persuade them to throw out the election results. But apparently that's OK. Apparently, yeah. So they're not investigating that at all? January 6th committee is. Okay. January 6th committee is investigating Clarence Thomas's wife. Yes. Cool. They only have a few more months to get moving on this, so. Yeah. I know they need to. Tina's would be nice. And the DOJ also requested records from the January 6th committee. So even though Merrick Garland's Justice Department isn't moving quickly, it is at least moving a little bit. But I don't think we'll see anything. Maybe they're trying for a October surprise. You never know. They try not to. One more local recall school board member proposal was held as it stood. It was killed because Blaise Tredis is a prideful, prideful, pitiful man. Oh, no. And would not amend his proposal to take out the idea of what was 
most troubling about it, he was trying to get it so that we could recall five school board members in the state if you don't like the way they vote. And that's called an election. <laughs> and so there's no other place in the state that you can recall an elected official for their policy vote. You can only recall them for malfeasance, misfeasance, and things like that. More by the book, Republicans said, you know, we're not comfortable with this. Will you take that language out? And he said no. So they just kicked it out. So we can't bring it back. Hmm. All right. So that's the elephants out of the room. And then moving on to our headlining topic. This morning, there are reports saying now it's 18 children yeah. killed in an elementary school and one teacher by an 18-year-old that first shot his grandmother and then walked on campus with a rifle and a pistol. And what state was this in, Shelby? Texas. Wasn't it last year they lowered the age to 18 to be able to buy any kind of firearm? And to open carry. Which is what DeSantis wants to do. Yes, it is exactly yes. what DeSantis wants to do here. The states with our most lax gun bills tend to be the ones that have the most mass shootings. And can you tell me anything you know about this 18-year-old? He's a Hispanic male. A U.S. citizen was born in, I think, Arkansas, something like that. Moved to Texas. What happened... I've been following this story since the school district sent out that tweet, which, by the way, if I were to receive that tweet as a parent, I would freak the F out. So it said something what like... What was the tweet? It was like, there's an active shooter at Rob Elementary School. Please don't come to the school because there's active police presence and you'll disrupt it or whatever. I don't even know. So that's what was sent out to the parents. That's it. Nothing about anybody shot. Nothing, nothing. So then... The mayor gave a statement to a reporter saying something about, oh, it was just, there was an isolated shooting outside of the school, but then the, the shooter ran into the school to hide, right? So that's what people were thinking for a while. And then all of a sudden, these hospitals are saying that they have two, two people at this one hospital, and then the other hospital is saying they have multiple children. So we go from some isolated shooting that has nothing to do with kids to all of a sudden we've got 18 dead. Yeah, because when I saw it this morning, the first thing I saw was 10 were shot. And the next thing I saw was 18 were killed. It was a male yeah. carrying a legal gun because that's what we do. It was two assault rifles he bought on his birthday. That's insane. This is saying yeah. he had a handgun, an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle, and a high-capacity high magazine. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you're 18 and you want to deal with that firepower, join the Army. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nobody. And I was telling my mother this today and she's a hardcore Trump supporter and she actually agreed with me. Nobody needs to have an AR-15 unless you are a cop or you're in the military. Period. The end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you need 30 rounds, it's because you can't be trusted with a gun. Yeah. You don't need 30 rounds for anything. Yeah. I mean, you do if you're planning mass murder. Come on, yeah. Jamie. I mean, I wouldn't say that anybody needs to plan a mass murder. That's more of a want. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing with Florida that Governor Sanchez has promised what they call constitutional carry, which is basically unlicensed carrying, wouldn't even blink an eyelash at somebody carrying these. And, you know, the people keep talking to us every time. And this is what led to this whole concept that we're doing on this podcast. When I talk about this happening, oh, there you go. You Democrats are always politicizing things. And mm -hmm. you're damn tootin' right. I'm politicizing this yeah. because the only thing that's going to change this is politics. It's going to take legislation. It's going to take electing people that care about the lives of children after they're born, at least as much as the other people care about what they think of the lives of children that aren't born. And passing laws that make these things because the only he was not breaking the law until he shot somebody until he killed somebody right as a mother of two elementary school age boys 
when Sandy Hook happened, I had just become a new mother. My baby was six months old. Now he's almost 10. And I have another one that's going into first grade. I, it's unfathomable to me. We are calm sounding, and, but it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset because the other side, the Republicans, have this huge political machine saying, calm down, it's only light fascism, it's only light <laughs> gun prol proliferation, it's only light racism, just let it happen, you know. And, and hey, and, check out my speech at the NRA convention in yeah. Houston on Friday. And so they have this whole political apparatus that is all based around the message of calm down and let these evil things happen. It's okay to be upset about how they are trying to normalize, or not that they are trying, they have so many years ago normalized children dying in schools to gun problems. Yeah. I mean, we don't get the flag off of half mass. Yeah. And they, they normalized kids dying like they normalized grandma dying of COVID for the economy. Right. And there's no further proof needed than the drills that they have to do with the kids at school. I mean, just that in itself is traumatic. Right. A few yeah. months ago, my kid's school got put on lockdown and it was a real lockdown because somebody shot someone in a neighborhood nearby. But we didn't know that at the time. We just knew that the school was locked down and there was an active shooter. And my kids were terrified, absolutely terrified. I have a 13, 11 and nine year old and they saw kids crying. It was awful. So to think that this actually happens not just once, not just twice, but many times in American schools where children are subjected to this incredible heinous violence. And instead of banning guns, they want to ban masks. Yeah. yeah. Or abortion. And instead of banning guns, they want to teach children how to hide under a desk. I grew up in duck and cover. It doesn't work. No. Also, the reason that the far right or even the middle right um, used to defend the, it's not just because it's in the Constitution, because heaven knows they don't care about a lot of other things that are in the Constitution, that they believe that they need to be protected from the government. The government can attack you at any moment and you need to be able to fight back. It was happening quietly behind the scenes while we are buying into that excuse is they are arming themselves to take over the government and come after people that are not armed. That is literally happening. We saw it happen on January 6th. That wasn't for defending themselves against the government coming to them. That was going after the seat of our government with weapons, where, by the way, nobody in that building had a weapon other than the security, right? They're not allowed to have weapons on the Capitol. The no, Capitol. you're not. So they went after our, these armed militia people who claim that the reason that they need guns is to protect one another from the government if the government decides to start shooting citizenry. They're the ones arming to attack the government, take it over, and then they will be the only ones with weapons coming after the rest of us. It doesn't need to be anything more than shooting kids in schools. I mean, how many, how many of these do we need to have on a map before we stop cowering from politicizing it and just pass the damn law? Just well, right. do what's right. Well, in primary season, and we are coming up to a very integral election, we need to hammer saying, if you want actual change, you have to vote these Republicans out of office. Right. It's the only way. Yeah. You have to take Mitch McConnell's power down. Yes. That's what you have to do if we want to see any change on gun control, on equality, on choice, 
all of this is you need to vote every single Republican out of office. I know that's not going to happen, but five. What's that? Five. Five would be good. Yeah. Five senators would be great. These shootings, they have a cumulative effect. I know that as a graduate of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, better known as the Parkland High School, I am very pro-gun control. And even though I haven't been there in almost 20 years, I still feel like it personally affects me. And so there are thousands of other people who have all been affected by these school shootings. And how many more of these shootings do we need before people start voting with their hearts? So what I ask on Facebook is how many elementary school children have to die right. in the sake of the Second Amendment? And everyone likes to point out the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is the strength of fascism, that fascists are allowed to say, we care about unborn children, but we will do nothing for the families right. of right. the 18 children who aren't going to show up to school tomorrow. Well, let's just talk the fact that they care with what they that they have defined as unborn children. Right. There's nothing unborn child about a 19 month, 19 week fetus. Mm -hmm. um, but those people they've decided and defined as unborn children deserve more respect and care than living, breathing, three dimensional, warm blooded, hugging, crying, messy, not nose, actual children. Right. And to your point, Jamie, when you said 18 children will be coming to school tomorrow, it's like you said before, there's so much downstream effects from an event like this. It's not just those 18 kids that aren't coming back. It's it's the rest of that whole school, probably that whole county. You know, it's my kids who, when when my 11-year-old found out about the school shooting today, she's like, okay, I'm scared. What if people get ideas from this? And school's almost over. And what if, you know, and I'm like, you should not have to worry about you are 11 years old. You should not have to worry about this. Right. This is foreign to me because Columbine happened in 99. We were in eighth grade. Yeah. So, you know, I was either graduating from from eighth grade or going into freshman year. And so Columbine was something that it was a one off thing. It was scary. Everyone was talking about it in school, but there wasn't the fear that it could happen at my high school. But I think that enough of these, oh, it could never happen here type schools have seen these issues that every kid who is going through the school system nowadays, who pays attention to the news and I guess isn't armed for self-defense purposes, is thinking about this. This is something that kids worry about every day. Like, it's quaint because when I was little, the things that seemed like they would be scarier and more commonplace than they are, catching on fire, stop, drop, and roll, and quicksand. I, You know, I thought that that would be a major concern in my adult life with how much they were spending on preparing me for this. But now, kids, their boogeymen, their cartoon scary things have been replaced by school shooters in the news headlines that have been supplemented by active shooter drills. Like if it was one thing that the schools weren't doing the active shooter drills, then they could right. say, oh, that's something that happens on TV. But the fact that schools are doing this means that this is something that could happen here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could 100 percent happen at any other school. I mean, I will say the most productive conversation I have had with a relative who was very pro-Trump was after Stoneman Douglas. And we both agreed that there needs to be gun reform. Yeah. Well, it's going to be more likely to happen here if DeSantis fulfills his promise and makes 
quote unquote constitutional carry, um, license group carry. Yeah, what's going to make these crazy people who are talking about CRT from being like, oh, this school, there's a rumor that the school is teaching our kids not what we want. I mean, I'm not a fan of slippery slope type arguments where, you know, you say if people are comfortable with A, then they're going to be comfortable with B, then they'll be comfortable with C. But today demonstrated that people are comfortable screaming at children, you know, LGBTQ children at school board meetings and at protests and, you know, screaming and trespassing against school board meetings. And it's a, a hop, skip and a jump for a misguided, a misinformed, propaganda-infused teen to go in and I don't know what his motives were. I don't care what his motives were. No. I'm sure that he thought that he was doing the right thing because people don't think I'm going to go out and do the wrong thing today and then hop and skip and jump to do the wrong thing. They paint themselves as the hero. And so there's a machine out there that is supporting people like this insane shooter, not insane because that's that's an right. insult to people with mental health issues. This shooter, there's this whole machine that that is winding him up and pushing him out the door and saying, go forth and conquer. And apparently school, the schoolyard is where that happens. I'm guessing it will be more likely to find a manifesto from this shooter like we have found with so many others. Everyone has a manifesto. Everyone has discord logs. Everyone has an internet history nowadays. And they all tell the same story of disaffected adolescent white or off-white males who feel oppressed by the system. So let's talk about solutions. Solutions is to vote. Yeah. Okay. So so here's the thing. Republicans are like black or white for them. Right. Either let us have our guns or you take our guns. It's like there's no middle ground for them. It's in the Constitution. Second Amendment right. Okay, that's great. But back then, when they wrote that Constitution, they were shoving gunpowder in their yeah. muskets. You know, they never even thought that ever that people could have these high-capacity killing machines. Okay, so how is that even relevant to today? Well, we're not going to take your guns away. We're uh, going to take your murderous weapons away. Yeah, people don't talk enough about gun control regulations that work. Look up guns. Common sense. No, not not just common sense. Look up how many crimes have been committed with silenced weapons. So silenced weapons are the boogeymen of movies where you walk around with a silenced handgun, the spy's walking around and he goes pew pew, and then nobody notices that this person has been shot in the middle of a busy road or whatever. But crimes with silencers it sounds like that it would be amazing to have something that makes your gunshots both muffled harder to locate and less noteworthy it sounds like a car backfiring as opposed to a, the crack of a gunshot and the reason that these aren't used in crimes is because they are effectively controlled and it's through tax if you want a silencer it's going to cost you four to six month waiting period and a 400 dollars tax stamp that gets affixed to the silencer. And so it is just too expensive and too long to commit crimes with a silenced weapon. And so if anyone dies due to a silenced weapon, each year it's usually in the single digits, which is absolutely shocking yeah. for anything gun related in this country because people die to guns yep. 
every I, I, I want to say every 15 minutes, but that's a little bit extreme. It, it is a lot. Even if you want to be a strict constitutionalist. Now, I personally think we should debate the Constitution because, again, as we saw the Supreme Court, they don't really care about the Constitution any longer. But yeah. if you do want to be a strict constitutionalist, there is nothing that says those weapons need to be freely available. I mean, even when that was written, it wasn't like you could just go to the corner and pick up your free gun. Yeah. You know, guns were something that, although they were written in the Constitution, that you had a right to a well-armed militia, not a well-armed It wasn't that regardless. But, it wasn't instant access. It, right. It wasn't free. So there's nothing at all in that amendment. You could stick that amendment to the letter, and there's still nothing preventing you from making an expensive have to have it now. Right. And so if we regulated high capacity magazines, like there's no reason you need more than six rounds. I mean, seven, seven's pushing it. Well, look when it was regulated. We had the Brady Bill until W. Right. And then it where was it was strictly regulated with the AR-15s and whatever type military rifle you had, they were illegal. Right. And the crimes with hunting rifles. What you're thinking of your grandpa's like wood grain stock bolt action hunting rifles haven't increased dramatically as much as crimes committed by high capacity handguns like Glocks, like your cops carry. Why do cops need 17 rounds to deal with a single suspect? If you need 17 rounds, no, get to cover and call for backup. Grandpa's rifle, which has three rounds, the hunting rifle, the crimes committed with those hasn't increased dramatically it's all been these high capacity semi-automatic plastic rifles plastic handguns that are freely available and the gun sales have matched and the crime has has increased to match as well i love when they say it's a slippery slope that if we actually prevent mass murders of children by banning automatic weapons then we'll just next thing you know we'll be banning you know, making it illegal to kill all children right and, and isn't it illegal to kill all children by the way, by the way, the world we live in has been protected by what you and I would consider common sense regulations. For the past 40 years, since I've been alive, there have been zero fully automatic weapons manufactured with the intent to sell to the general public. The guns that Rambo's holding two of and he's holding down the trigger and it's just spraying bullets, those haven't been legal for, for new manufacture in 40 years. And the number of crimes committed with these collector pieces has also fallen dramatically. And for the past 40 years, no one has been saying, our constitution says that we need to be able to shoot 60 rounds at, at our neighbor in under a minute. There is a next step that we can take with this gun control in a way that won't infringe on the can't. Constitution. Yeah, we can't. So to Shelby's point, we can just rail. Yeah. What we can do is we can specifically demand more from the people that we have elected. We can show up on the steps of the, when they call that special session in Florida to vote on open carry, we can be there in force to say we don't, people of Florida oppose this. We can also vote them out yes. in November. Yeah. And as a final note, when it comes to messaging, when it comes to communication, the thing that I personally hammer is that there have been really good gun control gains over the past 50 years. Silencers have been tax stamped and crimes with silencers, single digits. Fully automatic 
assault rifles, military-style machine guns, they have been, again, heavily taxed. You can't manufacture new ones, and it costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to transfer these rifles. So if you want to buy one, you need to tack on $600 to the ticket price. And so their use in crime has been dramatically lowered. And so the next logical step is to take these high-capacity semi-automatic rifles and handguns and say, maybe we should put this existing regulation in place in a way that will cause their use in crime to fall dramatically, like the previous silenced weapons and fully automatic weapons have fallen as well. Yep. Tax it. Put a stamp on it. Yeah. Insure them. Yeah. Taxes jive with the Constitution. Requiring insurance, you got to have an insurance on your car if you want to drive it. So there are common sense solutions. So when the Republicans say, oh, there's nothing we can do. It's like, no, there's tons you can do. We have 40, 50 years of evidence of this stuff working. And from what I have recalled in the past mass shootings, most of the guns have been obtained legally. You know, let's make the Republicans prove themselves right. And when they go back to when guns are outlawed, only outlaws have guns. Let's make it so that the majority of school shootings happen with illegal guns. And then we'll know that, you know, we need have an enforcement problem and not a law problem. I actually wanted to have a follow up of what are we doing about it? What can we do about it? And over the weekend, Shelby and I went to an event hosted by the Brevard Dems called the Big Blue Bash, which I think actually in light of today's events are all the more important because events, fundraising events like these, get out the vote events, communication events, community building events are vital in coming together to build a cohesive strategy on how we as Democrats can mount a response. And so the Big Blue Bash went off without a hitch, and we have Pam to thank for that. Honestly, you don't. I had, when I said at the Big Blue Bash, all I had to do was rent a dress and show up and let you. That's not far from the truth. Hank Kearney, our fundraising chair, did a marvelous job um, creating a team of volunteers. They were disciplined. They met every week and nailed down almost every detail. There's always things that come up. Um, this we we may be tweaking how we do fundraising moving forward. Um, it was <clears throat> extremely successful. I think we raised over sixty thousand dollars with the goal of thirty. And after paying for the venue, we'll still have forty-five thousand. I think. Now, don't quote me on that, but I think we're really close to that. You can see the results from our Democratic Executive Committee meeting last night. <laughs> see for yourself. But it was really, it was just, I think, a, also a great place for people to feel empowered and joyful and safe emotionally we'll hear from their state chair hear from some candidates and again just really be themselves and know that they're not powerless like we got a lot of between that and the bands off our ballot bands off bands off our ballot okay bands off our bodies off our bodies rally oh we have a lot of people really engaging their community and that people are fed up and they're tired of feeling useless and they're beginning to understand that they're not useless but just showing up difference. And I want to thank you both for being there to support your party with Sebastian and podcast got some, we put it in all of our goodie bags. And if you're listening to this and you found us at the Big Blue Bash, thank you. you. Let us know. Yeah. It, I, uh, I just really grateful for me. It's not just about money because if it were up to me, everybody would have been eating for free, but I made the state chair by his own ticket, but it was just really also about 
camaraderie and community and um, and a chance to dress up and look cute. <laughs> I do very little with it, but I am very proud of the results. Like I gave a good speech rallying the troops and letting everybody know what we can do moving forward, that this is a fight, but it's a fight that we are not afraid to fight because democracy is worth fighting for. And today proved it. Yeah. Just another and reason result, that we our, need to take back. Our response to today. Yeah. And our response to today. Like Ali said, you know, what can we do? Jamie talks about. So when Jamie's talking about taxing, making guns expensive, that's nothing that you and I can do, but but that's a suggestion that we can be bringing to our lawmakers rather than just wringing our hands and clutching our bra, right? And we can also reach out to our community. And that was what Blue Bash was about, is that community. Reach out to your community. Call your, check on your neighbors and make sure that they're emotionally okay. Because a lot of people just aren't. And so. it's, it's okay to not be okay. There's a lot to worry about. Yeah. yeah. I'm also reading while we're talking about this, talking about the chair and the Big Blue Bash and my role as the chair of the party with the Democratic Party. We actually, as a party, outraised the Brevard Republican Party consistently, but they have a lot of dark money. Yeah. Yes. And the chair of the Republican Party in Seminole County just got charged with, I think, a felony involved in the ghost candidate issue over there. So our candidates at the Big Blue Bash were real. Yeah. But we'll have more to talk about in two weeks about that. What was your favorite thing about the Big Blue Bash? I was talking with Yance and hearing his his strategy and things like that. You you put us at Yance's table and charming fellow. And so we spent probably more time talking to him than listening to the speakers. I'm sorry, Pam. We we listened to your speech. It was lovely. And then I remember uh, Manny Diaz announcing Blue Shift which if you are an astronomy nerd is absolutely terrifying because a blue shift means that something is coming to you fast enough to affect the wavelength of light it's emitting, which wow. is wow. Yeah. It's kind of actually powerful to think that because I just thought it was a weak name, but I'm glad that it was stronger than that. Right. No. So we're on the space coast. So let me speak to my fellow space coast nerds or on their behalf. The red shift is an effect that's seen where space is expanding and stars are flying away from us. And so they're flying at, away from us at a fraction of the speed of light. And that is stretching out the wavelength. And so it is taking like a hydrogen atom. If you heat up a hydrogen atom, it will release light at very specific frequencies. And that's how you identify hydrogen in a star. You look at the frequencies and you go, oh, yep, that star is mainly hydrogen. That star is helium. That star has these elements in it. And it's all to do with the very specific wavelengths of light. And when stars are moving away from you at fractions of the speed of light, which happens in our universe, then it goes red. But if stars are coming at you, then it would be a blue shift, which would be terrifying. <laughs> and this is why we keep them around. Well, I like the idea that we are the star that's terrifying the others. Obviously we are, because look at how they're using their power to fight back. Look at all of the anti-democratic laws and election laws that have been passed. They're scared. We talk about Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Well, speaking of affecting policy, the best chance is in November. Vote. Vote. So the lovely fact that I learned today, thanks to Stacey Abrams, 95% of eligible voters in Georgia are registered. Do you know how huge that is? That's awesome. Yeah, they really, they've got a great grandkid. They're doing something similar She's here awesome. with Anna Esamani's group. But, let's t- but Georgia's beyond that. They had their primary today. So weird. Our yes. Primary. And I, I wish ours were early. 
Yeah, I want it much earlier. Have our primary the fact, hang on, right, the fact so that we can't have how... until August. Wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Before you talk about results, I wish our primaries were earlier because we don't get to get behind one candidate until August. And you know how hard it is to win an election in two months? It's, it's, ugh. So anyway, what are the results, Ellie? Tell us what you got. All right. So we know that Trump endorsed the David Perdue fellow. Yes. He only got 23% of the vote. The current governor, Brian Kemp, got 73%. Right. Maybe you've had time to filter through and watch how Trump endorsements have played out. Unfortunately, I, I haven't because polls closed. You're about half seven. and half. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So that that's. So like, for instance, the lovely Marjorie Taylor Greene, she kicked butt in her district. 70% of the vote and was endorsed by Trump. She's wildly, yeah. wildly popular in that district. So that district is full of people who are okay with sending someone who's never going to be on a committee. Oh, they don't care about that. They just like her voice. They don't know what being on a committee means. She, exactly, completely ineffective. But the thing is, like, in that district, Trump won by, like, over 35 points. Right. So it's... The Marcus Flowers, who's who's going to run against her, he may be awesome, but it is a oof. uphill battle. Yeah. So the thing that we need to be paying attention to with primaries, for example, when the results are in the governor's race, it's going to be Stacey Abrams facing against Brian Kemp, which is a rematch. Also, it's easy for us to be gleeful about the fact that the Trump-supported candidate loses, for example, in Madison, Madison Cawthorn getting losing his primary was wonderful because our democracy is safer without him having a chance to ever see the Capitol again. But there, there are Republicans who voted for Joe Biden, who therefore would not have voted for Purdue mm. in Georgia, and they would have voted for Stacey Abrams. And they, those same Republicans will be much more comfortable voting for Brian Kemp. So we still have to do the work more than ever. We cannot rest on our laurels just because the Trumpy guy lost, because that actually hurts their opportunity to get the Democrat elected as much as it helps. And that's the thing, Pam. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, Brian Kemp won, yay. Trump lost, yay. But Brian Kemp is still an awful person. I mean, he had... He's a like, terrible Republican. Very terrible. He had, he had ridiculous ads when he was running against Stacey. Like, just oh, awful. So... Yes, to your point, absolutely. We are not anywhere in the clear. We got to work, work, work. Yeah, because Democrats actually showed up, 81% of Democrats voted in Brevard County in 2020 because they wanted a chance to vote against Trump. We need to find a way to get them just motivated to vote for our Democratic gubernatorial choice. Stacey's figure how to get people to vote for her. We need to figure out how to get people to vote you know, we lost the governor's state of Virginia because it wasn't Trump. So Republicans, Republicans voting against a Trump person, it does mean it makes me feel better about our democracy on a whole. It makes me feel like maybe the whole world won't think these people are great. But at the same time, it does not. It makes it we have we cannot take our foot off the gas ever. Right. Republican, um, and I don't think they will ever be able to. I don't think we'll ever be able. You know, I'll never be able to go back to my life of complacency and selling lipstick and hanging out with my grandchildren. I mean, I, I won't be the chair, but we will never be able to just, and you know, a very dear friend of mine who shall go unnamed 
recently said, I, I just checked out. I just can't do it anymore. <clears throat> Ellie. And, um, hmm. oh, and no. if, if we all do that, yeah, I, there's, and <clears throat> that's totally understandable. But when we do that, then we're allowing the person, Ron DeSantis did not, I mean, he seemed like a Trump person, but he didn't seem quite as evil as he has right. proven to be. And yeah. Well, they'll easily just continue to elect monsters who look like nice people. Right. When we yes. get exhausted and stuff. I'm sick of a relative telling me that all I'm doing is working myself up and there's nothing that I can do. Hey, so two things. Uh, one, um, this podcast, despite how smooth and refined we sound, is 100% <laughs> fueled by rage against the current status quo. <laughs> The Republican machine, the way that all they have to do is turn the crank and then victory pops out of the big political machine that they've built. And and yeah, like number two is that, sure, not every Republican you vote for is going to quietly stand by and let another January 6th happen. But every Republican that is in office today is going to quietly send their thoughts and prayers and do nothing to prevent another school shooting like the one that we saw today. And look at who Trump is backing and giving his endorsement. These are people that in 2024 will gladly give the election to him. Yes. He wants to be a, a tin pot dictator. And so he's endorsing tin pot <laughs> candidates. At the state level, at the state house, the state senate, yes. because he knows that to certify an election, it has to go through normally the state legislature. And if you have enough people that are willing to deny a fair election on your behalf, then that's an uphill battle. But thankfully, there is promising news in Georgia. We have high early voting records, more than 2018, more than 2020. There is less mail-in ballots because of all of the regulations that Kemp tried to put on them. So there's more voting in person, but it's, seeing, it's seeming like there is a big turnout in an otherwise low turnout primary. Which is wildly encouraging because, I mean, Georgia, in January of 2021, everyone was like, all eyes were on Georgia about would we control the Senate, felt like that everyone was putting the fate of the country on the Georgia elections. And Georgia showed up and they they pulled through for us. And they got us to the point that at the very least, we could nominate Supreme Court justices. But people were afraid that the people who showed up in 2020, who really went out of their way, would be disenfranchised. And these early voting results are seeming to contradict that, at least for Georgia, where Georgia wasn't fueled by optimism and hope and people wishing for handouts and rewards. It was the result of a blue political machine that motivated and enabled people to vote in radical numbers. And so that to me says that that is a process template that we should apply to other states liberally. What we can do is, like, like we keep saying, vote, vote, vote. You can't vote tomorrow. You can support your favorite candidate. If Shelby and Jamie had a chance to have a long chat with a state house representative candidate on Saturday night. You can show up at the at your local party if you're local to Brevard County. Our local party things to find out what we are doing to make sure. If you've heard a consistent message, it's that increasing Democrats at the polls is how we exercise our voice. It's not on social media. 
it's not even in this podcast. It's showing up at the polls. So you can show up and support our efforts with that. And remember, this this started however many long ago with talking about stories that we're that we're sharing with people and conversations we're having with people. So in our conversations, it's challenging to not just go, you know, what the heck? Don't you understand what's happening? But always remember that somebody else has a different point of view. And when we ask questions, we can hear it, for example, on all of these issues with guns, you can simply ask somebody, can you think of a reason that anybody would need an AR-15? And if their answer is, because the Constitution says I can, that's not need. That's, and I would just say that you're not you're not convincing me of a reason that somebody might need that. Can you? I'm willing to listen. Can you give me a reason? And entering into those dialogues with people, allow them the room to find our point of view in that conversation is important. And the same thing with all of the others with the primaries. When you're talking to people that say, "Well, you know, I can vote for the Republican because at least he's not Trump," you can say, "Well, you know, this is what the history of his voting has been." How different do you think that is from Trump? Do you think just because he's not making mean tweets that he doesn't vote in a way that's just as abhorrent? Um, so those conversations, that's how we win people. That's how we give people room to join our fight for democracy. Also, what's going on right now is lots and lots of graduations. Guess what? Most of those kids are over 18. Make sure that they at least have been registered to vote. Are the high school graduations. Yep. Mike child who just graduated from kindergarten not eligible to vote <laughs> wait 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 can i just say goodbye right now yep okay yes ellie thank, thank you, you so much i always thank you so much listeners yes. ellie and i are both calling in ellie because she has to run and me because i'm in tennessee uh, ellie thank you so i will thank see you, so you on the streets girl we got work to do thank you yep all right bye everyone thanks ellie yep. bye bye I am encouraged every time that we gather and we we share and remind ourselves of our purpose in doing this. And if things are not as dark as they seem, it's so cliche, but cliches exist for a reason. Things are always darkest right before the dawn. Reach out to one another. Make sure that your friends and neighbors are okay. Come join us at our efforts to continue to grow the democratic base in Brevard County and just find a friend. Let your community find you. Thanks so much, guys. I'm out. All right. right. Bye. Bye. Yep. And uh, it please, please email us. I'm not even going to be like if you disagree with us or if you don't or if you hate us or if you love us. It's like, please, please just email us. Pushaheadpod at gmail.com. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. 